Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. This morning's scripture reading is from Psalm 125, a song of ascents. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. From this time forth and forevermore, for the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Michael. Good morning, everybody. So I am uh, really um, excited to go through with you this psalm because I find that this psalm brings great comfort. And I feel like that's something sometimes we need. And you're going to hear me say that word, comfort, a lot throughout this morning as I was reviewing it again this week. Um, it was just, that was the word that kept coming. But first, just to give you a little bit of context. So this is one of 15 songs that the Hebrew pilgrims would sing on their way to Jerusalem uh, when they would go to the feasts of Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles, so three times a year. And <clears throat> what's, uh, what's interesting is basically this was like their, their road trips uh, playlist, you know? I don't know if you guys have ever been on a, on a, on a road trip before. Um, my family and I, we love going on road trips. In fact, this last summer we went on one, and it was really fun, you know, selecting the songs for the trip, too. So we were going out west, so we had to play the song West Coast by One Republic, and kids loved that, and we heard that over and over again. Um, but we also listened to some other uplifting songs, and uh, throughout that, that trip, we felt the need to even read some books or listen to some books together. And so our playlist was, was full and wonderful. And so here we have the Hebrew uh, pilgrims, you know, they didn't have MP3s or anything like that. So their, their playlist was basically their voices. They had to sing these songs. And so this is what it was, these songs. And as they sang, uh, you know, this is the title of our series, Journey Up. They would actually journey up. One thing to know about Jerusalem is that it is on a hill. And so from all sides, everybody had to ascend to Jerusalem, no matter where, if you were coming from the south, the north, wherever, you would ascend to Jerusalem. But this ascent was not only literal, it was also a metaphor of, of a life lived upward toward God, as we have been seeing through these psalms, uh, the words and the truths that we discover. So uh, these 15 psalms, these songs of ascent, are they uh, road trip songs for today, we might ask, as we journey on, on this life? And so uh, maybe there's, they're not on our Spotify playlist, but spiritually, uh, the content of these psalms are so rich and they are excellent road companions for us. They are truths for us as we journey as disciples of Christ. And so just like the Hebrews went up to Jerusalem, they probably went with their friends and their families. It's good to take a moment to think about the fact that we do this together. We're not all individuals just on our own little journey. Like we are a people on a journey up to God. And, and we see this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. We actually read it last week. I'm going to read it again. It says this, But you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you may be saying, well, am, am I part of that people? Well, look at what verse 10 says. Once you were not a people, 
but now you are God's people. What determines that? Very simple. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. If you know that you have received mercy, you are a part of the people of God on a journey up to him. We are his people, not of this world, but in it. We are travelers on this world. This is not our final destination. This is not our home. And sometimes we feel that tension, right? And so while we're on this journey, it is good to sing these truths, just like the pilgrims did, the truths of where we're going, um, who we belong to, and who we are. And so Psalm 125 reveals to us uh, uh, who we are. One of the things that we are is this, as a people, we are a secure people. So just let that sit in for a moment this morning. We are a secure people. Let me read that again. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. And so if you trust in Christ, you are like Jerusalem, surrounded by hills. You too are sitting secure as in a fortress. Now let me talk a little bit about about the context here. Why the psalmist describes Jerusalem as being surrounded by hills? Because that's exactly what is happening. As this pilgrim is ascending towards Jerusalem, he's noticing these hills really protecting Jerusalem. Jerusalem is on Mount Zion. And I want you to look at this picture here, as you can see. So we know Jerusalem now with the dome and everything. And see how it's a lot higher. The the, the green uh, outline that you see, that is what the old Jerusalem was before it got destroyed uh, in AD 70, I believe it was. And so you see the old Jerusalem, how it is surrounded by all these hills. You still had to ascend it. It's on Mount Zion, but it's also surrounded by all these other hills. You have um, to uh, your east, you have Mount, the east, you have Mount Olives. In the north, you have Mount Scopus. And then you have other hills on the west and on the south. And so what the psalmist here is saying as he's looking at Jerusalem surrounded by these hills is that, you know, just like Zion is protected by these surrounded hills, so is he or she that trusts in God. Now, let's focus on that word trust because that's really the condition here. Those who trust in God are like Mount Zion. Well, here, here's what trust actually means. I, I looked up simply the, the, the definition in the dictionary was enough for me. It was great. Look what it says. Trust is this, the firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, and strength of something or someone. And so my question for us this morning is this, do you believe God is reliable? Do you believe that he is true? Do you believe that he is able? Do you believe that he is strong? Well, then the promise for us, according to Psalm 125, is that we cannot be moved. We can't be moved. This is comforting, once again, especially in these uncertain times where there's the economic crisis, the wacky weather, the violence, the unrest. But the the promise here, the truth that we discover is that if you trust in the Lord, you are a secure people. Your place in his love, your place in his story, your place in his purpose is secure. So what's the opposite of secure? Insecure. And we all know what that is, right? Whether it be first day at school or, you know, just first day at work or anything, we, we know what it feels like to feel insecure. And, and here's the things that follow our insecurity. When we're insecure, we tend to over everything. We're overprotective, right? We're overcautious. Uh, maybe for some, we even overcompensate. We got to look like we know the part, right? but in fact, we're actually very insecure. 
Well, the thing is, is the reason we do that is because we don't want to get hurt again. And so what do we do? We set up our own defenses. See, the Lord is saying, I, let me surround you. But what we do in our insecurity is we set up our own defenses. They are not strong enough. They are feeble. They, the, the enemy can get through, and it's not enough. But what do we do? We set up our own defenses. We, we refuse to let our guard down. When, in fact, the Christian life is all about letting our guard down. The Christian life is all about surrender. But why? Because we understand that when we do that, with our own strength, we let, get, let, let go of what we held up. We realize that the Lord is there surrounding us, and that is all we need. That is all we need. And so, what makes it safe for us to let our guard down? What will make it safe so that we can actually be a little vulnerable? It's when we are surrounded by the Lord. See, the loving Father that God is has placed boundaries around us, much like the natural defenses around Jerusalem, these surrounding hills, making it very hard for the enemy to attack Jerusalem on a hill. So we too are on a hill, built on a firm foundation, surrounded by the Lord. And that is because God has placed boundaries. And I want to talk about that for a little bit this morning. Uh, When I think of boundaries, I think of uh, what I allow my kids to do. Just a, a simple illustration is this. My kids will say, hey, can we go outside and play? And I'm always going to say, if I'm not able to be outside with them, okay, but go in the backyard. And they, for some reason, always want to be in the front yard. I don't know why. Neighbors see them or whatever. But they don't understand why I'm asking them to be in the backyard. In the front yard, there's no limits or boundaries. And they're still young enough that, you know, a ball is kicked a little too hard. They could go out on the street and things could happen. But I tell them to go in the backyard. Why? Because, yeah, there's fences. And so, you know what? Guess what? You have a lot more freedom now. You can kick the ball around. In fact, a lot of times it ends up on our roof. But you can do all that. You can, you, can, you can roam around. You can run around. I don't have to worry about anything because I know you are secure. And so that's why there's something about um, thriving within the boundaries that God has placed for us. And we can trust him with those boundaries. And trust is always uh, explained by our obedience, right? And so when we, we show our trust by our obedience, and when we do that, we find that nothing can move us. How can I say that? Again, because of the truth we find that is for us as disciples in Psalm 125, and it's this, that the Lord surrounds. We read again, the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. That this time forth and forevermore is a little fancy way of saying, and this is how the message puts it, always has, always will. The Lord surrounds his people, always has, always will. Remember though, his people, who are they? Those that have accepted the mercy of God. Those, according to Psalm 125, that have put their trust in the Lord. When that happens, the Lord surrounds them, always has, always will. That is so comforting. So think about these pilgrims as they're going through the mountains, right? Through the valley, on their way up. They're reminded maybe what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Psalm 121, how these mountains, not so great. People would look to the mountains for, for, for help and support. Other times they would go to the mountains for, uh, to, to, to be diverted and to do things that they shouldn't. And so as they are looking at these mountains that will do no good for them, they re- they're reminded through the psalm that beyond what their eyes can actually see, these hills surrounding them, that they is, there is the invisible one surrounding them. There is the invisible one surrounding them. Just like we sang this morning, it may look like I'm surrounded. How many of you could actually say that thinking of your life? It may look like I'm surrounded. I have so many problems. I mean, I mean up, up to my neck with problems. It may look like I'm surrounded, but to declare with trust 
but I'm surrounded by you. This, uh, this song that we sang is actually referring uh, a Bible passage in 2 Kings chapter uh, 6. Um, just to give you a little bit of context, uh, the king of Syria, who is uh, at war with, with Israel, is really upset because every plan that he makes, the prophet Elisha, it's like he's, he, he's hearing everything that the king is saying because he thwarts every single one of his plans. So the king is like, all right, what I got to do is just go straight to the source. I got to get rid of that prophet. So he sends a whole army to the city where the prophet Elisha is, and, and the army arrives that night. Well, the next morning we pick up verse 15. When the servant of the man of God rose up early in the morning and went out, behold, he saw an army with horses and chariots all around the city. So the servant said what we would all say, alas, master, what shall we do? What shall we do? I have all these things surrounding me, and I'm Again, so, so confused, what shall I do? And I love what Elisha sees that we need to see too as believers. Verse 16, he said, do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. I can just imagine the, the servant like, are you sure? Like, I see a lot of mean and angry people and I don't see anything else. But look what Elisha then says. He, says, look, he prays and he says, oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What a cool picture of the truth that when we put our trust in the Lord, he surrounds us. What a great image to support Psalm 125. What a great image for you as you go through life, as you journey up. You may see mountains on on all sides, what may they be? They may be called impossibility. They may be called opposition. They may be, may be called evil. They may be called sickness. Whatever it may be in front of you, open your eyes. Because here's the truth that we discover in this story and in this psalm. That number one, the Lord surrounds you. So he comes between you and your enemy, first of all. But this Lord is omnipresent. And so sometimes he not only stands between you and your enemy, He's also behind the enemy. He's encircling the enemy. It may look like I'm surrounded by my enemy, but I'm surrounded by you, and you are surrounding me and my enemies. What a beautiful truth that is only possible with an omnipresent God like him. It's like a double whammy. And I can say this with assurance because I actually experienced this. I've shared this story with a couple people just off and on because it's something that's always been with me. But this happened to me when I was 16. I was in France, and I had a just uh, finished a bas- uh, baseball practice uh, with my friend, and we were walking uh, towards the bus stop that was actually right by a, uh, on, on the fringe of a, of a very sketchy forest. Found, we found out as we grew up older that there were a lot of sketchy things happening in that forest uh, that included having policemen go there and check things out. And so here I am, innocent with my other friend, and we're just kind of waiting for the bus to come. And as we get into the bus, um, this never happened since or, or after, but um, there, there was uh, 10 guys that came on the bus with us, and man, you could tell that they were up to no good. Like, they were on their way to go to Paris, where we were going, and um, they, they, were, they were really wanting to cause trouble. And so they started talking with us. They found out we were American, so that made it even more interesting for them. And as we get off the, 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 the bus and we head into the train station um, to go to my house, um, I, I get this eerie feeling, and I'm just telling my friends, just don't look, just keep on going. We go down, down the stairs, and I overhear them say, hey, guys, let's follow our friends. I was like, oh, man, this is not going to be good. So I tell my friend, let's run. We run as fast as we can, um, and we're just about to get the tickets to go through. There's no one down there either, and all of a sudden, they come like from all the exits, and we're surrounded. 
Like talk about the enemies surrounding you. Like I literally felt that that day and we're just surrounded. There's nowhere to go. And then the, I guess the, the, the main guy of the whole group just comes out of the circle and comes, comes to me and he's like, looks, looks with a very stern look. I can tell now, uh, you know, his mask is unveiled. Yeah, he wants to harm me. He's like, all right, give me everything you have. I had my little backpack, and it's like, give me everything you have. I look out of the corner of the eye, and, the eye, and my friend is already getting all his stuff get thrown out of the backpack. And I'm just, at this point, I am praying like I've never prayed before in my spirit. I mean, my prayer language is like full throttle, 100%, like, wow. There's no other, no other opportunity, and I'm just, at this point, Lord, I just trust you. I can't do anything else. Well, it's like what happens when you trust the Lord. I'm trusting him, and I don't know what comes over me because, again, 16 measly, weak old me, I have the gall with 10 other guys to just put my hand against his chest. You don't do that. Don't do that. I put, the, I put my hand against his chest and, and say, I'm not giving you anything. Like, are you crazy? You want to go to the hospital? Like, that's what it was. That's what I'm telling myself, too. Like, there's doubt that comes at the same time. What are you doing? But my hand just goes to him and says, I'm not going to give you anything. He's a little surprised, shocked, gets a little bit angry, starts to shove me, and I keep saying, I'm not going to give you anything. And it's as, it's as if I felt the Lord surrounding me in that moment. Like no harm could come over me, and I'm, I have this courage that I would not have usually. And so that's the image of the Lord surrounding me. Well, in that moment, like maybe a couple seconds later, I hear one of the guys from that group yell out, guys, we got to leave, the cops are here. And they leave as fast as they had arrived. And all of a sudden, it's just me and my friend, my friend picking up his clothes, me kind of like looking around, waiting for the cops. Guys, the cops never showed. And that's where I see, man, the beautiful thing that when you trust in the Lord, the supernatural can happen. When you trust in the Lord, the Lord surrounds you, gives you courage inside, but also gives you uh, supernatural action where he, I don't know, it must have been some angels or something, but it scared off those 10 guys, never saw them again. And so that is what happens when you trust in the Lord. The Lord surrounds you. The Lord surrounds your enemies. Come on. Why would you not want to be in that position, in that place, surrounded by the Lord? But maybe you're saying, well, that's great and all, but I have a hard time trusting. I, I, I prefer to figure things out on my own. I prefer to, to do things on my own. Well, then no wonder. And here's what I, I want to say about that. We can't properly put our trust in him until we remove our trust, or should I say our worries, in other things. So if you are trusting in other things, or, in, or if you're worrying about other things, then it is no wonder that you cannot trust him, and therefore that insecurity can come often. And so I want to encourage you this morning to think about what are these threats to your security that you need to remove. The number one threat, I think, to our security is this, feelings, our feelings, our feelings. We, we, we read, you know, in, in the Psalm 125, wow, just like Mount Zion, and I cannot be moved. Yeah, really? Nothing could ever be less true of me. One day, I'm trusting and growing, and then the next day, I'm hiding away in my fears. That we, we say that. We feel that, right? Can I just say you're not alone? Israel, the people of God, it was the same way for them. One day they are escaping the Egyptians through the Red Sea. Imagine everybody just looking at the fish on the side of the wall. Like, what is going on here? Supernatural again, right? And one day they're like that, just full of faith, escaping the Egyptians through the Red Sea. And then the next day they're complaining about how Egypt was so much better. And we do that all the time. Our emotions, our feelings take over. And the, the, the way to get over that is to not operate by our feelings about who God is, 
but on the facts of who he is. Not what we think we see with our eyes, but we actually know in our heart. And that can only be found and discovered in God's word. I want to encourage you to get into God's word this year and discover his truths, the facts about who he is, what he's done, and the beautiful fact that he never changes. He never changes. My security comes from the fact of who God is, not how I feel about him and not how I feel about myself. See, I'm not secure because I'm sure of myself, but I'm secure because I trust God and also I trust that God is sure of me. Now there's a thought, because I don't know about you, but I would tend to say, God, are you sure you didn't make a mistake with me? And oh, to hear his loving voice say to each one of us, yeah, I'm sure. I know, I know, I know what I created and I love who I created. And, I, and so we can trust him. That's comforting to me. But we need to remove those threats to our security. We need to move and act according to facts about who God is, not our feelings about him or ourselves. Another threat, not our feelings, but this time facts, certain facts. Facts that are in our fallen world. Things that are not in the natural, that shouldn't be, but that are as long as we are in this fallen world. Two things. The first, and I I purposely chose this word for it, our transgressions. Another word for transgression is sin. Our transgressions are threats to our security. Let's look at, this, at what sin is in its origin real quick. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. This is before sin existed. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So we discover here, before sin existed, that, man, we have authority over creation. But there's a little thing added to it as we read the same story, but from another angle in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. We read something added here. The Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, And there he put the man whom he had formed. By the time we get to chapter 3, it is now Adam and Eve, man and woman. And interestingly enough, Adam means human and Eve means life. And so it's as if human and life are created in the image of God with full authority over creation, but also limited, made out of dust, and placed within a certain boundary. That's how God intended Humanity, ruler, but with limitations. Yet the only limitation at the beginning, like I said, is this boundary. But this boundary is called Eden. And do you know what Eden means? Eden means delight. How would you like to be trapped in delight? Trapped in a place called delight. Trapped in paradise. How would you like that? Uh, I'd like that very much, please. And, And in that place called delight, out of all the trees that are provided for them, There was just one that they couldn't touch. But man, we are so stupid, right? Humans, we're so stupid. We go after the one thing we're not supposed to touch when it was placed there for our good. We don't understand the beauty that is the limitations and the boundaries that God has provided for us there for a reason. Why? Because it's in those boundaries that we are surrounded by the Lord. Once we pass over those boundaries, once we transgress, that's when we get in trouble. 
And so to use our psalm today, that, that word, like I said, the, the, the word transgression, that's what happened. Adam and Eve, they transgressed. Transgress is, to, is an infringement or violation of a law, command, or duty. So to use our psalm today, instead of staying secure and surrounded by God in this place of delight, man transgressed, came out of a place of security, stepped out of Eden. And that's what happened. And so this, this out of Eden, really that's the limitations that leads into sin. What Bible calls off limits is sin. God set these boundaries for our good and for the good of others. Just read the Ten Commandments and you'll see it. For our good and for the good of others. But there's always this threat hovering over our heads that we can transgress and go across the good space that God provided for us and we go outside of God's protection. I've got good news for us. In Christ, we have victory over sin and we can be placed again within that boundary of his love. When we surrender to him and we come under under his willing protection, when we do that, what we do is we accept those limits through our obedience. We accept those limits. And guess what? That's when we really thrive within the boundaries. There's true freedom within the boundaries that God has for us. But man is so stubborn and isn't always going to try to go to the end. How far can I go until it sl- he slips to the other side and it's too late? I don't know about you, but I want to live in this place where my delight is in the Lord. And I, and I learn to know you know, I don't have to worry about how far I go. I just know I'm protected because I'm just focused on him. The threat is to transgress the good space, go outside of God's protection. But thanks to Christ, we have victory over that. And we can thrive within the boundaries God has for us. And there's a freedom like no other because we know that we are safe. So really, if you think about it, surrounded by the Lord, as we read in Psalm 125, is really where we are like living in Eden again, right? Because of the fall, we lost Eden. But now, as we journey up to God, really, if we are surrounded by the Lord, it's as if we're like in spiritual Eden, where our delight is in the Lord. That's a great place to be, living within the borders of the spiritual Eden, where our delight is in the Lord. And that is only possible through Christ, by the Holy Spirit. And so, if we want to be secure, we want to accept those boundaries that God has provided for us and stay within the borders of his love and forgiveness. When you transgress, you have passed over that border. So that's one threat to our security. Here's another threat. Our sufferings. The fact of our sufferings. And that's something that has just simply happened because of the fallen world we live in. It's because of the original sin. Back then, I I explained to you what those limitations were, just a garden and a tree. But now there's so many more limitations, right? We only live to be 80 or so years, and that even is without guarantee, right? And what about our body, constantly plagued with sickness? Those are limitations that cause sufferings. Our mind, we only know in part. And even our personality, you know, we have varied emotional capacities. And so all these limitations and others that we could think of, they end up leading to suffering in some form of another. We could talk about social uh, limitations as well. And they all lead to suffering in some form or another. And it's no fun, but it does happen because we are in this fallen world. But I want you to see something in in Psalm 125, and this is in verse 3. It says this. What's really cool is that, yeah, it may happen, but watch, it doesn't last. Verse 3. 
for the scepter of wickedness, underline that, shall not rest. The scepter of wickedness shouldn't, shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. What I see here, in other words, is that evil is temporary and the worst does not last. Our Lord surrounds and protects his own, even when it comes to our sufferings. Look at what 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says. So we do not lose heart. I told you this is comforting. We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so when suffering prevails in our life in the form of sickness, wickedness, personal attacks, whatever it may be, remember those two truths that we read, that we get from Psalm 125. The Lord surrounds you and the Lord surrounds your enemies. And the promise is that you won't be moved. The promise is that evil won't rest on your land. It might be for a season. Now, does that mean that there's no harm that will ever come? Of course not. Like I said, suffering is a fact. But no matter what you go through, here's the, tr- here, here's the truth. If you trust in God, you won't be moved. Romans 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Look at what verse 37 says. Well, despite all these things, you know, we'll be more than conquerors. That's not what I read. What I read is that sometimes God allows in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What I get here is that, yes, sometimes he delivers. He does. I've seen it. You've seen it in your life. He delivers. But then other times, for whatever reason, he waits. We hate those waiting moments, don't we? But could it be that it's because God is up to something? Could it be that God is up to something? And could we just have enough trust in him to just kind of go with the flow and see what happens and be obedient to him and make sure that we are protected and that we are within the boundaries of his love? You see, we tend to cry out, Lord, get me out of this. When maybe sometimes we should learn to say, Lord, what do you want me to get out of this? Maybe sometimes we need a level of discernment and maturity that will only come because we are trusting in him. Do you trust him? Do you believe that he is able, that he is reliable, that he is true, and that he is strong? Well, then nothing can faze you. Another comforting thought as I meditate on this passage is that in declaring that we are like Mount Zion surrounded on all sides to know that the reason that he surrounds us is so that nothing can get to us unless it first passes through him. That's a cool reality. Nothing can get to us unless it first passes through him. We see that all over scripture. So it was the case with Job, remember? But even even us with our greatest enemy called death, even death, our biggest enemy, that we allowed to enter in our lives because of the fall. Now the second Adam has come 
It came, and Jesus, death passed through him, and guess what? It didn't stay. It did not stay allotted on him. When he died for the sins of the world, death could not hold him, and he came back to life. He triumphed over death, and as a result, death is not a finality for those who put their trust in him. Those who are the people of God, secure in him, surrounded by him. And so, a summary of of the main thought would be this, that the Lord surrounds those who trust in God. They believe he is reliable, true, able, and strong. I want you to pay attention to that first word I gave you, the Lord. The Lord. See, this implies that the secret of finding Eden again is to find our delight in him. In him, not anything else. We already established that with talking about the threats to our security. But how about this? Our delight is in him, not even anything else that he has to offer us. Because what I realized too in, in, in our Christian life is we tend to really go after his things, not so much him. God wants us to go after him. Yes, he loves it when we, we can trust his hand and we hold his hand. But do we ever take the time to look in his eyes? And to, and to get what his heart beats for and decide that we want to live for that. What we get is him, but we don't always go after him. We go after his stuff. God wants us to pursue him. He's a person that deeply loves you and offered himself for you. Charles Spurgeon actually noticed the same thing. He said, notice it's not said that it's Jehovah's power or his wisdom that defends the believers, but it's he himself who is around about them. They have his personality for their protection, his Godhead for their guard. Guys, we get him, and what a privilege that is. Not only is it a privilege, man, it's an incredible gift. And it's a gift that kind of, um, there's a shift that happens here. If you look at Psalm 125, verse four, you'll notice that this is not what we get today. It says, do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. When we let the Lord surround us, and he has because of Christ, when, we, when our eyes are fixed on Christ, here's the beautiful thing. The amazing greatness of the revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that God did good for those who are not good. That's the difference. That's where it shifts a little bit. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Because, because everybody, when we are born, we were all outside of Eden. We were outside of his protection. It's nothing that you did that caused you to be a sinner. We're born sinners. So we're all lost and we all need to find Eden again. In Christ, we find spiritual Eden. We find it because we get our delight in the Lord. When we get to that position, that's where we are surrounded by the Lord. And when we do that, when we finally trust in Jesus, when we place our trust in him and we're forever surrounded by him, here's the result. And this is what the psalmist declares at the end of this psalm. Peace be upon Israel. Peace be on the people of God. Peace be on you and me. We get peace when we trust in the Lord. The Lord surrounds us and we get peace because our delight is in him. And we don't worry about anything else. Maybe some here would say, I, I'm actually not at peace. Maybe you're not at peace because 
Maybe you don't even have a relationship with God or maybe you're just not at peace because you're, the threats to security of feelings or certain facts have really been engulfing you right now. But the encouragement for us, and this is God's grace speaking to you this morning through his spirit, is peace is available to you. Just put your trust in him. In fact, that's how the Psalm 125 opens, trust. Eugene Peterson in his book, Along Obedience in the Same Direction, says it like this. Those that trust in God. Now here's what you don't trust in. He says, not those that trust in their performance. Make this a checklist. See if maybe this might be you. Not those who trust in their performance. God, I'm good enough. I do enough good. Not those who trust in their morals. Right? Because those limitations that are for our good, we can make it legalistic. We can make it an issue. The, the, the key is to thrive in freedom within these limits and boundaries. Not to be a stickler to them, but to be free within them. So not their performance, not in their morals. They don't trust in their righteousness because we know our righteousness is in Christ alone. Not in their health. We don't trust, they don't trust in their pastor. They don't trust in their doctor, in their president, in their economy, in their nation. It's those who trust in God. They cannot be moved. They are secure because they are surrounded by the Lord. Band, you can come up. As we close, I, I want to just put some questions out there for all of us. You can um, choose to keep looking at me, or you can even just close your eyes and just kind of like really just think about it. And this is just this time between you and God. But as it pertains to this thought that surrounded by the Lord is this idea of being in spiritual Eden again, <laughs> where our delight is in the Lord. That's what I mean by that. Where do you stand with God right now? Have you given in to some of the threats of security, your feelings, the facts of sins that have not been submitted to God or sufferings that are distracting you or making you feel like you have to raise your own defenses and you're not trusting in him for them because the waiting is so long? Where do you stand with God? Can I just encourage you to get back in the middle. Ask the Lord to surround you again. Find your delight in him and no one or nothing else. Really, this is a call to just positioning yourself. Just like worship is a position. Is a position. Proskuneo means to kiss the feet, to get on the knees, to get on our knees, kiss the feet of the sun. Do we want to position ourselves now this morning at the beginning of a new year? Say, God, I don't know what this year holds, but trust is going to be my banner. My trust in you is going to be my banner. Help me when, when the difficulty comes, not to rely on my own strength, not to rely on other people, and help me really just be focused on you. Yeah, I'll, I'll get all your blessings. I know that, God. I know that when I trust in you, I get all these things on top of everything else. But that's not what I'm after. I'm after you. Because you came after me. That's all God wants. He wants a relationship with you. And I'm saying this to everyone that is on this journey or not. God wants a relationship with you. 
The reason I can say that to anybody, not just someone that may have never entered in that relationship, even if you've been on this relationship for years, let me remind you, God wants that relationship with you that you can nourish every day, that gets stronger every day. And so as you go through this year, as you go through this, this week, just, just ask the Lord to help you be cognizant. God, am I surrounded by you right now? Or have, or have, have I overstepped my boundaries by giving in to some of these threats? God, I, I want to find my security in you once again. And when you do that, you have peace. Not only peace, you get joy. You get joy. In fact, if we were to continue reading, the next psalm is all about the joy you get when you are delivered and redeemed. Look at this, Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. So see, the world around you starts noticing when your trust is in the Lord. The world around you starts noticing. And then you can say it too, the Lord has done great things for us. Result, we are glad. And because of what he's done in the past, guess what? He can do it again. And so they go on. Lord, so restore our fortunes now. Like the streams in the Negev. The thing about the streams in the Negev is that these streams, they would come suddenly. So this psalmist is asking that the, that, that, that the Lord would come and just, and just overwhelm him with his presence. So that those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. As he who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. That's the continuation of the, of the road trip playlist. It talks about the joy that we have when our trust is in him. He is faithful and he never changes. Surrounded by the Lord, there's security. So trust him and show that you trust him by obedience and by thriving within the boundaries that he has for you. But if you haven't, just let him put you back in that position of security, that, that position of spiritual Eden, where your delight is in the Lord, also spiritual Eden. This is the key. Yeah, guess what? Over creation, God gives you authority under the creator. And so just make sure that that's your guide for this year. Lord, thank you for all the privileges and opportunities you're gonna give me this year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go at it with everything I have. But Lord, I am under your authority. So lead me, guide me, protect me. Let me never leave that wonderful place surrounded by you, surrounded by your love. Let's all stand. If anything in this message resonated with you, I love how the Holy Spirit can sometimes point one specific thing. So anything, as I pray, just... Let this be a time of response. As we sing after, the message is not over. The service is not over. Sometimes the most important part is what happens after the message where we have an opportunity to respond to God and that's why we have a song after. So you have time to respond to God. This is an important moment. And so just take that moment now to respond to him, whatever it may have been. Maybe something I didn't even plan that the Holy Spirit planted something in you and just give that opportunity to respond. And if you need to go even further, then we have prayer teams. And so come and, and let someone pray with you and help you more specifically. But let's, let's not miss this opportunity to respond to our God. And my prayer is this, Lord, I pray for every person here, Lord, that as we heard this message, God, that we would truly be together, that people, secure in you. Lord, that even as a people, if, if, if we see our brother or sister needing help or that we can come and remind them and love on them saying, hey, make sure you're back in the middle. Come, come to the center. Stay in, in, in Eden where your delight is in the Lord. 
Keep your delight in the Lord. Keep your eyes focused on him. Lord, I pray that our eyes will be focused on you this whole year. Lord, whatever may come, Lord, that we can stand firm. Just like we read in Psalm 89, Lord, that we, we may experience part two of that, of that psalm, but Lord, we want to come back to part one and we can as we trust in you, as we let uh, your trust just uh, surround us and surround our enemies. And so, God, thank you for what you um, brought to us today, Lord. And I, I pray for every single person, Lord, whatever a nugget they needed, Lord, that it'll be something that will really uh, feed them, Lord, throughout this year. And that more importantly, Lord, beyond the nuggets, God, that there's such a hunger and a desire to just go after you, go after your heart. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. So please drop us a note.